Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Are you looking to take your media strategy to the next level and make impact with millions of customers? Walmart Connect harnesses the massive reach of America's number one retailer. They can help you connect more meaningfully with Walmart's 139 million weekly online and in-store customers to find the right audience for your message. They use Walmart's proprietary customer purchase data to help you precisely target even niche audiences at scale. Visit walmartconnect.com today to see how they can help you find the customers you want at the scale you need. You know, when we look at our Shea Moisture business, we look at our Dove business, these are all brands that are really, the DNA is inclusive. And those are the brands that are growing the fastest. Those are the brands that have the strongest brand power because of that impact. So, you start with the business case and wire your business to address needs. It's not a non-for-profit endeavor and it's the belief in community commerce. You invest in the community where you earn your profits and you can do more in those communities. That's the cycle and shareholders are also rewarded. Welcome to today's episode of Brave Commerce. I'm Rachel Tippograph, the founder and CEO of Micmac. I'm Sarah Hofsetter, president of Profitero. And this is a show that talks about what's relevant in e-commerce for the world's biggest brands. So, Sarah, it's February, which means it's Black History Month, and you and I made a pact this year that we were going to get more diverse voices on the show. I've actually think historically we've done a pretty decent job, but the intentionality behind what we're trying to do to ensure that we have representation across the ecosystem has been a big effort between you and I in the early weeks of this year. Absolutely. The combination of diversity, but also what you see and what you don't see. Sometimes there are people that are very diverse and you don't actually realize it because it is not as visible. So here this month, we are recognizing diversity of color. But I also think that as we speak with a lot of our guests, our audience starts peeling back onions a little bit more and seeing that diversity comes in more flavors, if you will. But I think there's a lot that has to happen for that to come out, whether it's what you can see as well as what you can see. No, absolutely. One of the greatest things about building Micmac is the opportunity to just meet so many phenomenal executives. One of the executives that came into my life a few years ago is AC Eggleston Bracey, a key, key leader at Unilever, which is a partner of ours. And from the moment I met her, I was like, wow, this is a woman that is changing the world. 
She does it in so many ways. And what's really incredible about her is that she wants to change the world, but she's figuring out both practical and bold ways to do that, leveraging the cloud that she brings as a phenomenal businesswoman, the creativity, and she's just a zagger. Some people zig, she zags. She was one of the OGs of the Febreze idea, which I just love as just a case study for what real R&D innovation means. But she is a zagger as it relates to what it means to stand up for diversity. You talked about her creating Febreze. I think one of her legacies that she'll continue to build is really driving the Crown Act, which is to ensure that there's no anti-hair discrimination. And she's using Dove as a platform to make that happen. It's the combination of doing what's right and staying true to who you are and growing business. They don't have to be at odds with each other. If you're a corporation listening, please tune into the whole show. Towards the end, AC talks about a framework that we truly believe can bring more diversity to the workplace. So tune in, you're in for such a treat. Today, I am so excited to have a marketing legend onto the show, AC Eggleston Bracey, the president of Unilever USA, the CEO of Personal Care for their North America business. AC, so wonderful to see you. Oh, it's great to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course. So I've had the pleasure of getting to know you over the past few years. And I think one of the most interesting things about your background is that you started your career at P&G. We've had a few P&G alums onto the show, and all of those people have sort of made it to the C-suite. You spent 25 years there. What is it about P&G that creates the executives of tomorrow? Uh, that's such a good question. I would say... P&G has a reputation for being a great place to start your career, but not necessarily a place that you're trying to stay. It's, it's built as you get your PhD in brand management and marketing at P&G. So I think it attracts people that are looking for that, looking for that rigorous analysis and really understanding and learning the industry. You have such a broad portfolio in CPG across so many different categories and companies. And the culture, particularly in marketing and brand management, is up or out. And that's what I appreciated about it. I always would know where I would stand and either I was moving up or I was moving out. So you're not really staying stagnant. And I think about marketing executives and C-suite leaders, they're like-minded in that way. And the culture and that rigor is attractive. Now, you said people don't like to stay, but you stayed for 25 years. That's quite some time. I did. You said up or out. She was up. Yeah. Right. I was going up. And really, there are two things that I want to say. For me, I had so many different experiences. I was there for 25 years. I probably worked eight or 10 different places. I actually haven't counted. I should do that. So it just kept changing. And it was a good culture fit for me. I started as an engineer and P&G also had a reputation for being analytical. So I could really connect to that side, but I learned to explore my more creative side because I was around so many like-minded analytical people. The flip side you have with P&G leaders, if you stay too long, you ask yourself, can you be successful in another culture? Because it is a very particular culture. And so I got to a point that I was ready to be in a different culture. At the time I was there, you were more protected 
kind of from the outside world because there was a PNG way and you had a lot of infrastructure. And so when I left PNG, I saw the real world. It was like exhilarating. I didn't have as much done for me. I hate to say it. I don't want to say that you were coddled. You just have a lot of resources. So learning how to work in an environment that doesn't have as much is really a great way to test yourself as a leader. So I appreciate very much my PNG foundation and training all the kinds of experiences. And I was always not in the core side. Like I ran makeup. I was always like more in the entrepreneurial projects. I started for Breeze. I did all these things. I just kept it interesting. So, and when people would hear that I was still at PNG, they'd say, not AC. I can't believe she's still at PNG because they didn't view my spirit as someone that would stay in one company in a corporate America that long, but it worked for me. And I'm happy to be retired from PNG and have explored the world outside of PNG as well. I think that's fantastic. My grandmother, may she rest in peace, had, had given me some very good advice uh, when I was a teenager and she was like, standing still is going backwards, which turned out is just something people say. But at the time, I thought that was like the most profound thing. But I think the way that you took advantage of what you could within PNG and did you say you were on the, the launch team for Febreze? Were you like part of the OG? Yeah, I was the original. I was the OG myself and a few other people. I was in the fabric softener category and the leader at the time said, how are we going to meet our year 2000 goals? We need new business. And so they asked me to go to this offsite and to represent marketing as this team. And Febreze came out of that. I was young. I was right out of school didn't have a lot of money and I would hate going to bars and that my blazers would get smelly and they weren't even dirty. So I literally brainstormed this concept around what if there was something that could get odors out of hard to clean fabrics to avoid dry cleaning. And Febreze came out of that. It ranked pretty high in the testing along with a few other ideas. We partnered with R&D, got a prototype and it was like a game changer. And then being in, in the ground, we realized the big opportunity wasn't closed because people actually think it's kind of disgusting to cover up odors on your clothes, that it was in household fabric. So yeah, I named it, but it was Febreze, F-A-B-R-E-Z-E. Then we changed it to an E. So I was in the ground floor, but I never took it national. I took it to a test market and there are people much brighter than myself that made it the billion dollar brand that it is today. It's not just that you launched a billion dollar brand. It's the idea of seeing something that people haven't said they need. And so, I, you know, I just kind of glommed onto what you said about everything around PNG. But I think people that can see the unseeable and then the rest of the world just says, oh, gosh, darn it. Why didn't I think of that? That's the essence of what makes for great brand builders, because you're not just saying, OK, how do I just take a, a share point here or share point there? There really is so much movement that happens. And I don't think people appreciate that nearly as much. They look at it as capitalism, which it is. But I think what you did there is not something that people think can come out of a company as big as a P&G. So I understand you almost were like an entrepreneur, if you will. You said a couple of things that I think are important. I didn't come into business because of business. I actually came into it to help people and I could see the opportunity. And I'm a big believer in human centricity. You create business when you find what people need and you create solutions to people's problems. And the first part of my career, I did that through product. 
And then later I found that you could do so much more than just product. And so the Febreze example is an example of that. When you really looked at people that were struggling with odors in their homes, there were lower income people living in small quarters that maybe had people who live with them who were smoking and had pets. And their home was like their castle and their oasis, but they never felt comfortable when people were coming over that their home smelled funny. And Febreze created a source of confidence, peace with having a tool, control, knowing that their home would be fresh. So yes, you know, you create business, you have multiple stakeholders, you help people, and then you reward it for helping people. And that's with profit, but it allows you to help people more. And I see it as a virtual cycle. And then later in my career past P&G at Unilever, this is very much why I joined Unilever. And that really this whole idea of human centricity and making impact even beyond the product. And that's what, you know, when we're later in our careers, we want to do more than <laughs> just sell. We want to make a big impact. But, you know, I started learning that at P&G, but really built upon that. And what I'm doing at Unilever, also at P&G and beauty and cover girl. And, you know, I had the privilege of being the marketing director and general manager of that business over the years and seeing the impact of having people be seen in beauty <laughs> and what that did, not just for the business, but for society at large. And then now with Unilever and championing for the Crown Act on behalf of Dove, you know, whose life work is all about beauty inclusivity. Certainly the product makes a difference, but it really beyond the product, it's the imagery that's out in the marketplace and then the programs where you can actually put an end to race-based hair discrimination. So it's back to what you said very well, Sarah, around solving people problems, human centricity. It's well beyond capitalism. It's about using our business and brands as a platform to do good and make an impact. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to unlock the full potential of your media spend? Whether you're looking to launch a new product, build your brand, or help increase sales this quarter, Walmart Connect helps brands make an impact with precise targeting, powerful analytics, and the reach of America's number one retailer. Walmart Connect offers solutions for advertisers of all sizes on and off Walmart's digital properties and in their stores. From cost-effective sponsored search and self-serve display ads on Walmart's site and apps, to connected TV and off-site media across web and social, to in-store activations and live events, Walmart Connect can help you deliver the right content to the right Walmart customer at the right step of their shopping journey. And Walmart Connect's closed-loop measurement means they can track the full impact of your campaign on sales, not just on Walmart's site and app, but also in-store. For some campaigns, they can even provide rest-of-market data that tracks the impact on sales at other retailers. Visit walmartconnect.com today to find out how you can start connecting with Walmart's 139 million weekly online and in-store customers. Walmart Connect. More than media. Meaningful connections. So. You said this is why you came to Unilever. Unilever has obviously had really strong DNA in trying to do good and do more for society. For people who perhaps work at organizations where diversity 
inclusion, social impact is struggling to tie itself to business results, how do you suggest they can go about building a business case internally to create real change? Yeah, Rachel, I do think it starts with the business case. And this is what I've always done with Unilever, but before Unilever, it is stunning the demographic changes that are happening in the world. You know, I lived in Switzerland for eight years, and I remember when I left the U.S. to live in Switzerland in 2009 and when I came back. It was a noticeable difference in the demographics. You know, 40% of Americans are people of color. If you think about the most influential group, Gen Zs, you know, now one and two babies born are babies of color. I think it's up to now, up to age eight, it's 50%. And so we're really going to drive the business. We have to appeal to the growing demographics of the future. Some of that is the visible diversity. But a lot of it, Gen Z is being influential as the mindset diversity. So the way you're going to persist as a business is to be, you know, we call it being future fit, is to appeal to those demographics. And so the how to appeal to the demographics are certainly to meet product needs, but it's also to meet what I call heart or spiritual needs, which really plays in the area of diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, and purpose and impact. So it, it does start with... It starts with the business case for impact and the belief also values that the purpose of business is to do good in the world, but they're not mutually exclusive because that belief on business is shared with the philosophy of Gen Z, younger generations and underserved populations also believe that. And so we've proved it. You know, when we look at our Shea Moisture business, we look at our Dove business, these are all brands that are really, the DNA is inclusive. And those are the brands that are growing the fastest. Those are the brands that have the strongest brand power because of that impact. So you start with the business case and wire your business to address needs. It's not a non-for-profit endeavor, right? And it's the belief in community commerce. You invest in the community where you earn your profits and you can do more in those communities. That's the cycle. And shareholders are also rewarded. I'm in entire agreement with what you just said. Beyond race, right, with Gen Z, there's five times as many that are identifying as non-binary or transgender. Absolutely. And you think about commerce right now, and it's so static. Like The level of personalization that's going to be required to talk to the next generation of shoppers is unprecedented. I can just add three or four exclamation marks to that. It's a big D. <laughs> it's a big D. It's not about what's visible in so many ways. And it's not one size fits all. And that's what this marketplace enables. Technology, digital commerce enables is that individuality. It's not typecasting. It's not pigeonholing. And it's creating connections still. So while we're in this VUCA world, even from a technology perspective, people still want to be valued on a human level. Let me kind of bring a couple of these different points together. We talk about the need to, we are business people, we're here to make money. We talk about human centricity. You basically just explained how they can not just peacefully coexist, but very profitably coexist and grow that the technology can be much more of an enabler, actually, to understand and be more representative of the big D diversity. So we talk about all these different things. Let's talk some brass tacks. It is February. It's Black History Month. There's 
certainly at least an opportunity this month to shine a light more on what can you do. You are a phenomenal person of color leader. What would you say to those who are up and coming and saying, I want to be like AC? What does it take? Yeah, you know, that's a really compelling question. What does it take? And in the spirit of diversity and the big D, I say what it takes. I give this message to people of color and people not of color. Like, what does it take to be successful? Recognizing that there are so many barriers for us as people of color and those that are not the majority, all of us who are underrepresented. And so this might sound like a cliche, but I'm going to share with you what my experience has been. It first starts with knowing yourself and who you are. And what I mean by that is your non-negotiables, what your superpowers are, what makes you tick and what ticks you off, what you're in it for, know yourself. And you will find lots of different answers to that. And it may evolve for you over time. Then the other is when you know yourself, be yourself, be yourself. Again, easier said than done. It is do you. It's choosing an organization. It's choosing colleagues that will allow you to be yourself and not hide yourself. And I can talk about my examples of not knowing myself, not being myself. But when my career started to take off is when I started being myself. Because nobody can do you better than you can. And it takes a whole lot of energy trying to be someone that you're not. So profound. And you said a lot of things and I wrote down what makes you tick and what ticks you off. I don't know why I never really like played that game, but I love it. But you noted a very interesting point. It's the when your career starts taking off, it allows you to come more into your own. I felt like that was my moment. Rachel, I don't know what your moment was, but my moment where I said, I have my non-negotiables and instead of trying to work my life around it, I'm going to actually be much more explicit as to what my non-negotiables are. But at the same time, what AC just said is, is so strong. Also, what your superpower is. You can't just walk into a room and just be like, well, I'm not going to come into the office because that's my non-negotiable. It's like, well, what am I going to do for you? What are you going to do for me? And I think that being able to say like, okay, so I'm Sarah Hofstetter. I only eat kosher. I observe the Sabbath. And those are my non-negotiables in exchange. I'm going to show you that I will work harder, smarter than anybody else to overcompensate for all of that and deliver as I go. Rachel, what was yours? I mean, to be honest, I never gave a shit what other people thought of me. And that's worked for me. I am just always myself. When it doesn't work for me, I just go, it wasn't meant to be then. To go back to what we asked AC, we kind of put the question on you, like, what is your advice to others? I'd like to ask the same question, but what is your advice to corporations? That's a great one. That's an amazing one. And to complete the thing on my advice before I go to the corporation, there's a third part. It's know yourself, be yourself, and it's share yourself with others. Because when you just don't know what you don't know, and this is, again, been a big part of my experience or people, when they know me, they know stuff I don't. And they can say, I think this would be really interesting for, you know, I think you would like to do this, or I know this person over here. And when you're not sharing with others, you're missing out on that whole 360 where you have your blind spot. So it's all those together. And so then you point on like, what, what can corporations do? One is commit, <laughs> commit to the journey. This is not a quick fix. 
commit to the journey. I'm a big believer of committing, setting an intention and setting a goal, a very stretching ambition. And generally it's to have a workplace that is reflective of the people that you serve. We all talk about that easier said than done. Commit. And then I do, I create mission possible. You create milestones and goals that are possible, but stretching to get to that ambition. Then the other is to have real talk about where you are today, what the gap is from that goal and what the barriers are in delivering it. And there are numerous, some of them are consistent across different companies and across levels. Some of them are nuanced to your specific industry and area. And then when you do that, do something about it. (laughs) Because sometimes we do the analysis, but we don't take action. We might find we're not recruiting at the right places. We might find that there's not enough support in terms of affinity groups or mentorships or sponsorships. So I'd say that. And then I use a framework to wrap all that up called grasp. Grasp the issue. G is set goals. R is provide recognition. Recognition of your diverse employees. A is active advocacy. S is sponsorship. That's very different than mentorship. Mentorship is coaching, giving advice. Active advocacy could be a peer, could be the company. It's advocating for talent. And then P is a plan. Work your plan. So grasp the issue. Those are the ones that I think are generally in common across the different organizations that I'm in that can help. When I say R, it's recognition. I remember R is actually two R's. It's recognition and relationships because it's cultivating relationship because we're people. I I mean, I love this framework. It's setting the goal, bringing people together, being champions of them, and then essentially producing results. I have no idea how you're going to answer our famous last question, which is, what's the bravest thing you've ever done? Uh, That one is so interesting. One, I would say, I like to distinguish being brave from being bold. (laughs) And I would say, when I look at my business examples, People might say, wow, that was really brave, but I think it was bold. So things like Febreze and bringing Queen Latifah into CoverGirl and doing things like the Crown Act, those are disruptive and bold, but not necessarily brave because they're helping people. You know, you're just doing them. But brave are personal things when I was scared shitless and didn't know how something was going to work out. There's two things that come to mind. The first one is when I moved from Baltimore to Switzerland expecting my second child, taking on a big new role, not knowing how that was going to work. And I was going to have to tell them I was going to have to go on maternity leave and leave this job. I was so scared. I was in near tears when I was telling my family that I was moving and going to Switzerland. I was scared shitless and I just did it. So the, the second one is when I decided to leave and step down from a really big job and take a sabbatical on a leave of absence. I had all kinds of questions in my head. What would people think? Will whatever happen to my career again? Will I waste my time and never do anything again? I was scared out of my mind that I was taking a sabbatical, being mommy at school. And I did that. And both of those turned out incredibly well. You know, going to Switzerland is one of the best things that ever happened in my career, only second to taking my sabbatical. It's funny, I noticed on your LinkedIn, you have it listed, and then the description is like, doing life. And I just smiled. And and I actually was like, you know, a lot of people probably see this and are inspired. 
by the fact that you're promoting it and they'll go do it themselves. It was a game changer, game changer. I highly recommend it. And when I look back, I'm like, what was I scared? Why was I scared? What was that all about? Well, you're amazing. Everyone got to witness why today. I love the GRASP framework. Thank you for your time. Thank you for being a champion of diversity and and showing the path forward. Well, thank you for inviting me. What fun it was talking to you lovely ladies. Wow. Did you grasp that episode? I'm sure you did. I'm inspired. I still have chills. Our major call to action, Sarah and I, is take this episode and send it to whoever leads talent at your organization, as well as the CEO. Because the big D diversity needs to be a executive level objective to drive this agenda forward across all of corporate America, as well as the tech startup ecosystem. If you enjoyed this episode with AC, we got a bunch of other episodes you might be interested in, such as Jay Sethi, who also is a PG alum, now at Diageo, where he talks about changing demographics. And perhaps you missed last week's episode with Denise Woodward, an amazing founder, shaking up the cookie snack space in CPG and also happens to be a woman of color. Thank you for your time. Please give us a review on Apple Podcasts, like it, share it with a friend. If you expect your media investment to deliver clear, measurable results, Walmart Connect can help you get there with powerful analytics and the reach of America's number one retailer. Their closed-loop measurement uses Walmart's proprietary customer purchase data to track the impact of your campaigns on sales, not just on Walmart's site and app, but also in-store. For some campaigns, they can even provide rest-of-market data that tracks the impact on sales at other retailers. Visit walmartconnect.com today and see how they can help make your media spend meaningful. Walmart Connect. More than media, meaningful connections. Hi, I'm Jackie Cooper, Global Chief Brand Officer at Edelman and the host of Touch of Truth, a new podcast launching on the Adweek Podcast Network. My dad gave me this incredibly smart piece of advice, meet everyone once. As a result, I've met some of the most fascinating and inspiring people on the planet. Now on Touch of Truth, we're coming center stage and sharing the mic to experience stories of truth, insights and visions for the future that will challenge your way of thinking. Touch of Truth is available wherever you listen to podcast. New episodes come out every Tuesday. I do hope to see you there.